Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J and I am today a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Wednesday, November 21st, 2018. And this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book and we are in chapter 11, A Vision for You, on page 159, beginning with the third paragraph, which starts a year and six months later, reading through three paragraphs, ending with that here was haven at last, commenting on all three. Readers. Today are for the 12 steps, Beth W., the OA 12 Traditions, Naomi B., and readers of the text this morning are Jen A. and Rachel W., and we have our handy-dandy backup, Rocky E. The share ID numbers for Tuesday, November 20th, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,201. One two two zero one, and for the ten a.m. meeting, it is twelve thousand two hundred and two. One two two o two. Hoodie R is going to be the newcomer greeter, and we have our Leah S. leading us at eight p.m. I mean eight a.m. Overeaters Anonymous is a, a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Beth W., to read always 12 steps. Hi, thank you. My name is Beth W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Can you hear me okay? Great, great. Great. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 
5, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I hope you all had a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Beth W. I'll now ask Naomi B. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Thank you, Anita. Can you hear me okay? Thank you, yes. Yes, thank you, dear. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. 12 Traditions, one. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted service. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, OA group, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend an OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting and declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous shall remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I want to add a note. I love you all, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for being there for me, and I love you, and I pass. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Naomi. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. 
There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the big book and we are on page 159, bottom of the page, which is the third paragraph. A year and six months later, reading through three paragraphs, ending with that here was Haven at last. And I will now ask, um, I know who I am asking, uh, Jen A to read for us. Thank you, Anita Good morning. Good morning. Mm -hmm. This is Jen A, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. A year and six months later, these three had succeeded with seven more. Seeing much of each other, scarce an evening passed that someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women, happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Aside from fellowship and social ability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Outsiders became interested. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of this strangely assorted crowd. This couple had since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to the work. Many a distracted wife has visited this house to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew her problem, to hear from the lips of their husbands what had happened to them, to be advised how her own wayward mate might be hospitalized and approached when next he stumbled. Many a man, yet dazed from his hospital experience, had stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. Impressed by those who visited him at the hospital, he capitulated entirely when later, in an upper room of the house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. The expression on the faces of these women, that, that indefinable something in the eyes of men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place, conspired to let him know that here was Haven at last. Um, well, what a blessing. Thank you, family. Um, and I can tell you that a year and six months later, I should say for this girl, two and a half years later, um, I have just continued to see a tribe of recovery here in the state of Colorado. And I've experienced this story. It might not exactly be the way it's uh, written in a vision for you, but um, in, in my life today, um, I've seen this happen. You see, um, I see it in a different light. It might have not been a house, but it was a convention. And there was a man and he came and he carried a message to a group of people in Colorado. He shared his experience, strength, and hope. Um, uh, people in their rooms sat in and identified, that's me, that's me, that's me. 
Um, he shared a course of action. Um, he shared a spiritual solution. And then others gathered and learned what that was, right? And they said, that's like me. I want to be like that, right? And so what happened is, is this group of people then carried a message out to face-to-face -face meetings and sat in the rooms. And that's where I heard those people again. And I got to identify in again with those same people sitting across face-to-face. Two-by-two two they came, three-by-four, four-by-six, and then 150 gathered in Estes Park, Colorado this summer, um, sharing this good news. Um, so I've seen it happen, and I think, I think the coolest part in here is how they talk about presenting the discovery to some newcomer. You see, um, I'm, today I'm so grateful um, that I am no longer suffering from the disease of compulsive overeating, that my head no longer hangs over a toilet, that I can walk into a gym and exercise and not be there three times a day and um, be bulimically exercising. Um, and I, I'm just so grateful for that, and I want to share that with everybody. Two things that my sponsor asked me when I came to this program, are you willing to go to any lengths? Um, for this and I said yes he said and are you willing to carry the message that you receive and the good news and the joy and the hope to those around you and I said yes and that's um, today what I feel like God is calling me to do um, and you know we get to we get to share this message with the newcomer um, you know anyone and everyone it says interested in a spiritual way of life when I came in here I didn't realize it was going to be a spiritual life, way of life I thought this book read progress not perfection in fact I stenciled it across the wall in my bedroom and I left out spiritual um, next to it but it wasn't a mistake um, because I hadn't found God yet but when I found God um, I realized that this is why um, that we need that higher power um, to take us through because I'm powerless. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I'm so grateful. Um, I've talked to three people this week who have started meetings, um, one in Minnesota, two in Colorado, um, where a new place where people might bring their problems. This is what we're called to do. We're called to take the message that we get on this line of a vision for you, the recovery that we hear, and we have to take it out. We have to take it out into the meetings. We have to sit in front of people. We have to share our experience, strength, and hope. We have to open up this big book, crack it open, read it line by line, mm -hmm. word for word with people. And um, I'm just so grateful. Thanks for letting me be of service today. Well, thank you, Jenny, for your testament and sharing. All right, who else wants to step up? Siobhan, that's okay. Tina F. Reva P. Oh, wait, Harlan and Tina. Siobhan. And Reva. I have you, Siobhan. Okay. Reva Barbara. P. Barbara. Barbara. Okay, wait a minute. I think we're going to stop right here. Because, um, One page, I, please. Just a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes in the morning sometimes. 159 bottom paragraphs. Okay, now I'm going to name these names and you're going to find one person that is missing. Just tell me who you are. We have Siobhan and Harlan and um, Tina and Reva and Knessa and Barbara E. And there was a voice in there. Lori A. Laurie A. All right, Laurie A. All right. Okay, thank you. And, and I'll get everyone else uh, after this. Okay, three minutes, folks. 
Go ahead, Siobhan. What's the next? Good morning. Can I be heard? Can I be yes. heard? Yes. Yes, thank yes, you. Yes. Good morning, family, um, recovered family and unrecovered new people. I am so excited for the newcomers that are here on this line. Um, I'm so excited because I know what happened to me in five days. Okay. So um, I, this is exactly so amazing, this line. My God, I first called in on October 22nd. Oh, Siobhan C., I'm a recovered available, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm a recovered available sponsor, and I'm an unrecovered uh, enthusiast of this big book that can't contain it and wants to be a Bible thumper, and I really need to work the steps on that because the steps are both the, 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 uh, the solution to all my problems as long as I'm in acceptance that I have a problem, I have a problem. I can't contain it. That's the problem that I have. And so um, I, I, I now identify and empathize with Bible thumpers, the Jesus freaks that I made fun of. I'm now one of them, and I need to contain it so I can be more effective. So I'm working the 12 steps with my new protégés. Every morning, I love this, it says every scene, and not an evening pass, not a minute passes. My God, what a blessing. Every minute I get hit with new text relapsers, you know, newcomers. And it, you know, oh, 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 a year and a, a year and six months later, three had succeeded with seven more. I have seven more every morning that call, that text me every single morning. I have seven new people who say, "I surrender. Will you work with me? Will you take me?" And I always say yes. I probably have about a hundred right now. People say, "Oh, come on, you don't have the time." Ask anyone who works with me. I am twenty four seven, and I mean it. I'm the Santa Monica area code three one zero three one zero nine six three seven, and I. And this is what I'm called to do. It's so interesting how this aligns with the spirit of what, what's happening in this book is happening with me. I've just decided to dedicate my beach apartment to be a house for people to come, just like this paragraph. I live at 1009 9th Street, apartment four in Santa Monica. It's right by the beach, 10 blocks. Anyone is welcome. You don't pay anything. There'll be food. There'll be uh, big book studies. Uh, you know, it's a marathon big book place where people can come. And if anyone's suffering, what we do is the format is they tell us our, their problem in, in as little time as possible, and then we go right to the book to find the solution. And by recovered people who are in the house, everyone gets to learn and share. I've also started a new big book. It's called Siobhan's Siobhan, Big Book Solution Group. Um, excuse me. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, this isn't about self-promotion, Siobhan. This is oh, about I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. This. Again, yes, I'm unrecovered yeah. about my enthusiasm. I'm sorry. And yes. I was just, yes, I was trying to carry I a think, message to a lot of people, I and think, I apologize. I think, you, but I, was, I think you have about 30 seconds left. Thank so you. I'll use it the, more effectively. Thank you so much for the reminder. You. Okay, so thank actually, I just, I just felt so inspired by this paragraph. I feel like it really speaks to me. And I feel like um, this, uh, I guess it's not about feelings, but this really has been the solution. If you're suffering, there's an answer in this book that I have found to every single one of my problems. I mean, there's just not one thing that I can't, that this doesn't address. I have all the protégés read these words, these beautiful words, so slowly, and, and, to, and I found it helpful for myself when I noticed punctuation. Periods are a pause. It's a new thought. Time. Commas are a pause to really digest and breathe that in before continuing. I, I notice italics. Time, I notice, please. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Helen G., let me hear from you. Thank you, Anita, and thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Wednesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. Let's take a look at what we're seeing here. 
a year and six months later, that's 18 months, there's Bill Dotson, Bill Wilson, Dr. Bob. These three had succeeded with seven more because by this time, Ernie G was drinking already. Seeing much of each other and blah, 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 we have this. In addition to these, to this, this is your definition of a meeting. And when we talk about a meeting, what is lost in so many situations is, what is the purpose of a meeting? The purpose of a meeting is to carry the message of the recovery to the newcomer. It is not to dump. We bring our mess to a sponsor. We bring our message of hope, strength, and experience to a meeting. It is not okay to dump our problems in a meeting. And I know that on the next page it says here, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Remember, AA had not been formed yet. We're still talking about the Oxford group. We're still talking about meetings that are happening in the home of T. Henry and Clarice Williams, among other places. But T. Henry and Clarice Williams were particularly supportive of the Oxford group's work with these alcoholics. Many in the Oxford group were not. They wanted Bill Wilson to go bring in stockbrokers. They wanted him to bring in Wall Street people. What did the Wall Street people have and the business people have that the drunks didn't have? Money. He, they wanted him to bring in the people that had money. And they would say to them, especially at the end, the Wilsons are not being maximum. And that's why you have some of the language on page 77, maximum service. But anyway, I get, I get distracted here. Aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Now, that does not mean we dump our problems. Oh, my God, my wife kissed the butcher. Oh, my God, my butcher kissed my wife, whatever it was. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about situations in life where I wanted to eat, but I did not how I use the steps to overcome these situations, how I use particularly maybe step 10 to overcome a particularly difficult situation. What it does not mean is for me to come and dump my problems at a meeting and offer no solution in the steps. That's what it means. And we've talked about T. Henry and Clarice Williams, which were very instrumental. See, when we walk into a meeting or when we're listening here on the phone, we're on the shoulders of giants. And it says, many a man yet days from his hospital experience has stepped over the threshold of that home, the Williamses, into freedom. Freedom using the six-step Oxford group program, a six-step Oxford group uh, uh, that they were using at that time. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. What was the answer? The answer was the spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. The gay crowd inside. The laughter before Leah calls us to order is intoxicating. It's fantastic. If some of you haven't tuned in before, it's really great, the joking and the kidding, who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. They laugh because they have found a solution. And in closing, let me just say this. This is the model for the meetings. Then it is the model for the meetings now. Hi. And that's what it's supposed to be about. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Alan. Tina, you are up. 
Thanks so much, Anita, for your service, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great stuff in these paragraphs. And, you know, I, too, am on the same page about the recovery today, which came from the Oxford group. And, it, you know, and what I, what I like that it says here is it says that uh, today they're gathering of men and women happy in their release and constantly thinking about how they might present their, their, their discovery to some newcomers. And that today through the evolution is the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And how can I present that to someone who is new to show how I came from a place of uh, despair, defeat, to a place of freedom through the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that was so freely given to me, so freely given. I love that. And so I so freely give to others. You know, and, and through the process and, and, the, and the trudge, you know, work, the walk with purpose, you know, there comes, a, comes about a, a spiritual awakening. You know, a power greater than myself gives me an ability to one day at a time live from the freedom of food obsession. And, and you know, that's a wonderful thing. And I love that it talks about, you know, we don't do this alone. You know, there, there are a lot of people in these three paragraphs, and uh, that's, what, that's what happens. You know, we go to a meeting. You know, we, we succumb to that great gay crowd inside. You know, I went to a meeting last night. I walked, as soon as I got to the door, I could hear all the laughter. I knew where I was going. You know, I knew exactly where I was going, and those are my people, you know. And I'm also on the same page with Harlan where it talks about, you know, many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. You know, today, many an alcoholic, many a compulsive eater that, that come to, to the idea that through the 12 steps, they can have a spiritual freedom. You know, that's what's here to offer. You know, what a great, what a great thing. You know, I'm so grateful to be a part of it. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Tina. All right, Reva, and then it'll be Knessa. Reva P. Good morning. Hi, this is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. A couple of things struck me in these paragraphs, and the first one is happy in their release. And to me, that speaks to the fact that they weren't just free from the alcohol, and I'm not just free from picking up the food. It's freedom from the desire to even need the food, to even want to pick it up. It's all that craziness in the head that happens when I'm only a dry drunk or abstinent only. Um, And the happy and the release for me also applies to release from resentment, fear. Um, It doesn't mean I don't feel resentment. It doesn't mean I don't feel fear, but I'm not in bondage to it because of the practice of the steps, um, which gives me access to a higher power. The second thing that struck me was um, the spiritual way of life, um, which again is not referring to sober only, but a time and place to bring their problems. And everybody came to the meetings and everybody comes to meetings with different problems, um, but we all have one solution. And I guess, as others have shared, the meetings are a place where we share the solution. And that speaks to me, you know, it's so powerful to see that no matter what the problem, the steps work, no matter what. Um, And the last thing that struck me is the electric atmosphere. And that whole paragraph is almost like a template to show what would a healthy meeting look like. Do our meetings look like this? 
And I'll never forget the first meeting I went to. I didn't understand what anybody was saying. I thought I joined like some kind of a cult, but there was an electric atmosphere and that thing in the eyes of the people, people did not, they just seemed like there were bricks off their shoulders. They had that release, that freedom, that peace, that joy. Um, and that was so motivating and it's still so motivating today to hear that kind of energy on the line. And thank you, God, you know, the meetings that I go to have that as well. So we are so blessed um, to have this program. Um, and with that, I pass. Thanks so much. All right. Um, Reva, you are out. Oh, uh, Knessa, you are now up. Thanks, Reva. Good morning, uh, Recovered in Cincinnati, Knessa Kay, Anita, you're such a blessing. Thank you. Um, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. This really brought up something for me this morning. And, uh, you know, I don't share too often, but I'm here every day. And um, when my brother became recovered one day at a time from alcoholism, he said to me when he was carrying the message to me, um, and I'm not an alcoholic, I'm, I'm a compulsive overeater when, you know, recovered for today. And he said, the thing that is so great about the 12 steps is that when you go to a meeting, and he lived in Columbus, Ohio, he said, I could be sitting next to a senator and a homeless person, and I can have something deeply in common with both, and we're friends immediately because of that thread. And it was very interesting because uh, my siblings and myself have always been compulsive workaholics, although none of us have ever been in that program. And he said to me, you know, Kanasa, um, if you and I get up in front of a room, and this was before I had ever gone to a meeting, he said, if you and I get up in front of a room and we deliver a message to a thousand people, and 999 came up and tell us, come up and tell us it was great. If there was one that didn't enter or come up to us, or one that gave us negative feedback, we're going to focus on that for the rest of the day. Maybe even the next week. <laughs> and I've always remembered that because that's the disease um, of wanting to be in control all the time, wanting for everybody to like me. Um, wanting for everybody to like what I say. Um, and going back to the whole workaholic thing, um, you know, it was very interesting that all of our lives we had all worked many, many hours um, working. One of us is a workaholic and one of us drank and I ate and we all had this thread that we didn't even understand that was there. And when my brother and I had taken pause from our careers, uh, just for a short three years for me while I stayed at home with my girls when they were young. He and I had the opportunity while he was working through his recovery and, and had literally resigned from his career to sit in the quiet uh, in the afternoons while my, my, my babies were napping. And we did this. We carried the message to each other. And because of what he taught me in our own two-person meeting over the phone from Cincinnati to Columbus, this nut started to crack open for me. And then I went to the meetings and I heard what you guys said. And then I went to vision. Um, 
it's amazing. Um, I want to thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Anita, for going into another uh, day that tomorrow, that's just another day, but just so grateful to be able to have the message and to carry it. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Knessa. All right, Barbara E. and then Lori. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anita. Thank you, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thursday. It's the faces around the table, for me, not the food. Having worked the 12 steps, what did I learn about the principles? That, for me, is what I've been thinking about as you all talk. Honesty. I learned to, talk, to look truthfully, truthfully at ugly things that I'm powerless over, yet make my life unmanageable. Hope. I came to believe that I can have a relationship with a higher power who can do things for me that I can't and that I can be restored to sanity. Faith. For me, it was a leap of faith that something would sustain me when I stopped my way of doing things. But what I couldn't imagine doing forever, I could do for one day. Courage and integrity. Note the word fearless in fearless moral inventory. Fear and faith don't coexist. It takes courage and integrity to look back at unflattering moments in my life and share them with another person. Willingness. It's the whatever it takes clause in the contract with God and being ready in God's time to let go not only of the hurtful things we want to change, but also for the defects that I enjoy. Humility, when I earnestly ask for help, God goes to work, but not necessarily in the ways I expect. Humility is acceptance of who I am and the, and the need to live in harmony with God's will. Self-discipline and love for others. Life is easier when I avoid doing things that make me owe amends and when I admit my part as soon as possible. The my part piece is a revelation. No matter what, I can act with a loving approach. Perseverance, even when God's plan feels difficult by saying, I can do it today, and doing the next right thing, the days add up. Spiritual awareness. I came to understand that God is with me always. Spiritual awakening is having a God in my life. Service. I don't only carry the message, I am the message. We are the message. We don't need to sell the program. We just need to live these principles and to keep this recovery I need, desperately need to share it with others. I came to OA 20 years ago thinking I had a problem with food, and yet I learned I had a problem with my life. I've been blessed beyond anything I ever thought to wish for. Thank you so much. I pass. Have a wonderful Thursday. Thank you so much, Bar- Barbara E. And Laurie A., you are up. I may say, I did, may say that word. Hi now. there. It, yeah, hi. Yeah, hi, everybody. Um, my name is Lori A. I'm coming to you live from London, Ontario, Canada for the first time. So I've heard of your meetings and I just thought I'd chime in this morning. 
Um, this, to me, I love the big book. And, um, you know, a year and six months later. So in a year and a half, they have 10 people. And to me, this means, you know, that they have so much hope and they're so willing to carry the message and they have so much passion to share the message. And I like what they say here about um, being constantly thinking how they might um, be able to present their discovery to the newcomer. I'm just going to write down the time that I started here. And um, it became necessary to set apart one night a week um, for the newcomer specifically and um, so they could um, you know, bring their problems to them. And I totally agree with what's been said. Not, I, I don't, shouldn't cross talk, but I am a true believer in not dumping at meetings. Um, I, I prefer to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, and at my home AA or OA meeting, it's a big book meeting too. So we simply share on the big book. And if we don't want to share on what's read, then we share on what's going on with us in our own program and how it relates to our recovery. Um, and I love this part about he succumbed to the gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes. I laugh at myself every day. And if, uh, if I don't laugh at myself, it's like I know that something is going wrong in my own recovery. Um, I've been in the program for quite a while, um, and I, you know, I call myself like a relapse survivor. Um, just to say a little bit about myself, I have, you know, experienced relapse and come back, and I'm just now, just now, after 20 years, getting the real, real meaning, meaning of the third step, and and, you know, totally turning my will and my higher power over to the care of God. I tuned in on Monday and I really got a lot out of that those three paragraphs that we shared but what I also like here is um, the last sentence the expression on the faces of the women that indefinable something in the eyes of the men the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place conspired to let him know that there was a haven at last, attraction versus promotion. And with that, I'll pass. Oh, and I'm looking for a sponsor. So if anybody is willing to do that, um, my phone number is uh, 226-385-9284. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Laurie. And, you know, we have a newcomer um, who, please introduce yourself, at, uh, right after 8 o'clock. And sponsors uh, about 10 to 9 will give their names. All right, okay. I think we have time for at least five. Janice. Wait a minute, I heard Lisa and Janice. Well, Larry. And, Larry. and, and Russ and Larry. Okay, Nancy Wait, I think that's probably it. Wait, Russ. Um, Nancy P. Wait, yeah, I got you for your, you're the last one, Nancy P. And um, Larry, now there's a voice in here I missed. Lisa B and Janice PM and Russ and Larry and Nancy P. And was it, well, well, Julie, I think I'll put you and then we'll see what happens. All right, Lisa B, go ahead. Good morning, Anita. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. 
Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And the line that I wanted to share on is um, on page 159, it says, and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. And I just want to share how my ego can attach itself to anything. And when I find myself start screeching and screaming, you know, with my enthusiasm, um, I know when I first came on this line and I would hear sometimes people start doing that, it was, I was just like, oh, I do not want that. You know, I wasn't even hearing the message that they were sharing. But when people are ranting and raving, it's just way too much overwhelm. So I like to think about the directions that they give me on how I can carry this message. And, and even in the chapter into action, when it's talking about the amends, you know, it says that we, uh, our discussion is calm and frank, you know. And I try to carry a calm message because the world is screaming all the time at me with commercials and ads and people selling. And I don't want to feel like I'm trying to do a sales job. You know, it just becomes way, way too much. And that's my ego driving me. Anything that I am driven to get someone to get and hear me to stand out, there's something I need to take a look at that. And that's a very potential fall back into the food for me. Um, so I need to pray for guidance each morning to my higher power. How can I be useful? Please show me how I can be helpful to the next still-suffering alcoholic. How can I be helpful to the next still-suffering compulsive overeater? Um, and then I need to be willing to get quiet. And I heard uh, one of our fellows on this line talk about an elevator um, discussion, like you only have a few minutes to concisely share in a nutshell you know, the problem and the solution, keeping it really brief. And that helps me a lot. Um, so I just wanted to share how my ego can attach itself and every day um, that I'm a, I am a possible victim of my ego. And I just need to uh, get quiet and listen and ask God to show me. And also when I'm in meetings, I have to look at my relationship ideals, you know, who is it that I want to be and how do I want to look at these people? And sometimes I find myself judging and criticizing. And then I need to ask God to step in and help me look for the good. What is the nugget of gold that I can take from here? And sometimes it's not about me sharing anything, you know. You're just listening and learning. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Lisa B. Janice PM, and then it will be Russ. Well, good morning to you, my dear. Um, <laughs> good morning, good morning. My name is Janice PM and I am a grateful, recovered, well, um, compulsive overeater this morning. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, I understand that too. We're talking about, you know, the excitement, the, uh, we, we've got so much energy because why? Because we've been released. We've been relieved from, a, from something that it was always unmanageable to me. You know, on page 121, I love it. We may, we, we may speak, have seemed to lecture, because, you know, I know that I have um, to lecture, but, you know, our experience is so overwhelming that we're so anxious, and we don't mean to lecture. But you know what? I am so glad and happy and grateful that I came into this group, and they gave advice of what to do. And, you know, what we're reading today is all a historical review. And, and I have to learn from that, that if this happened then, this is still happening today. 
especially in a vision for you. We are happy people. So that's why we're excited because who better than somebody that had the problem and now is released and has a spiritual awakening. We want to shout from the rooftops that we have found the purpose. We have found the results. Weren't we always looking for, and I always looking for results, methods to be happy in my life, to not eat compulsively, to have my thinking different? No, they're not talking about food plans and stuff and alcohol. We know we have to do that. But they're talking how to live, how to live a spiritual life. And you, I, I, I can't express my thanks enough to all of you, and you know who you are, because I get the chills right now, who have sent me texts, who have sent me telephones. And, I, and I, it would take me a year to get back to you people for the prayers, because that's the result of this, of this program that we have found. We have been recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and we receive this gift not for myself, but to give it to others. And that's what I experienced. And that's what they're talking about, you know, uh, about what a meeting is. That's what this meeting is all about. This is why there's over 300 people every day. And uh, because it is an electric atmosphere, we're so excited. We, we want, you know, it, it, I mean, it's hard to explain, especially when you first come in, you know. Uh, no, I'm here for a food plan. I want to lose weight. But, you know, there's so much more to come and so many more rewards from this program, we have found the answer, the results. And if we listen very carefully to the preamble every morning, it will tell us the purpose of this meeting, to help another suffering compulsive overeater. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Well, thanks so much, Janice. P.M. Yes, and good morning. Morning, Anita. Morning, my family. Um, wow, how did I follow that one? That was awesome. Uh, you know what? My 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 main thought when I read this was was the haven. My haven at last. You know, 2018 has been like a fist fight for me. No BS. And I've been out of the food. You know, you think you work the steps, you dig into the big book, you work with sponsees, you invest it in your spiritual program, and and you're working it every day. It should be uh, easy. Yet life throws all these different things at you. I go back to my haven at last. I don't know where I would be without you people, without this, this group. Without the big book, really, because all the answers are there. And when I get veered off a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left, I'm not thinking, you know, I'm still dazed from my 2018 experience. You guys stepped me over that threshold of freedom. I'm grateful for that. There's nothing like this. There's nothing at all like this. And especially with what I went through this weekend and what's going on now. There's nobody like any of you. Nobody. There's nobody. I am home. I'm home. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends. And I'm not saying fair weather. I mean, I got friends 
that have dropped things for me in their life and changed their life because of things were going on in my family. But they can't touch you guys. And I want you to know that. And I love you and uh, enjoy your day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Russ M. And Larry K., good morning. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everyone. Um, you know that I love uh, I love the passion. I love you know hearing all this good stuff. We can hear and see and feel recovery. I also can hear and see and feel what isn't recovery. Thank goodness. Talk about the great news. My passion is passion is a great thing. My passion for your recovery will not get you well. My passion for your recovery will not keep me well. After thousands of years, there was, there was no solution for, for alcoholics, for addicts of the hopeless variety like us, and they found one. They found one. What a miracle. And when uh, Harlan spoke about this, when our early pioneers found the solution, the AA program at the time had been strictly word of mouth using the basic ideas that evolved from the Oxford Group Movement, William James, and Dr. Silkworth, and it came down to six steps we still have these embedded in our 12 steps. They admitted they were powerless over alcohol. They took a moral inventory. They shared their shortcomings with another person. They made restitution for harms done. They helped other alcoholics. And they prayed to the God of their understanding for power to practice this way of life. And there was considerable variations on this general you know, deal, but at some point, you know, this was put down into our 12 steps. And, you know, the, the, the Latin root word for, for solution, salute, means to loosen. So the, the word solution is that which has loosened or untied the knot of this problem. Now, for me, these paragraphs that we're reading bring to mind there are two forces in recovery. There's the sheer force of the fellowship, and it's great. It's passionate. And then there's the power of the spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. That's the program of action. That, you know, when I heard people, you know, speak passionately about things, it was great. It got my attention for about two minutes. And then the Oreos got my attention. Until I was, work, until I was ready to work the program of action, I could not have a psychic change, a spiritual awakening, a personality change, all synonymous which means an effective change and in inward restructuring so I would no longer want the food and I could begin to become aligned with my higher power. So the fellowship's important. It'll keep me sober for a while. In some cases, for weeks or months, it'll get me passionate. Yet as long as I have an untreated condition, just know this untreated condition of mind and body, it's inevitable that I will be driven to eat again. It's not if I will. I will. Oh, I will. I have to have a spiritual awakening sufficient to drive out the obsession. Thank you, Anita. With that, I pass. Thanks, Larry Kay. Uh, Nancy P., you are up. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, Nancy. Hi, thanks for letting me share. I am so grateful for my life today, and um, I never thought ever thought that I would get to the place where I am today. And um, 
you know, my spiritual life came into being not like a great tide at flood, but rather like the fog, you know, like that poem on little cat feet. Um, However, now that I'm awake, I'm all in and I don't hold back. And my life today has some very big challenges that have recently gotten worse. And I believe God has shown me that there is no bottom. And um, he's shown me that as a way to, he's shown me that as a way to come closer to me, as a way to say, come closer to me, I need you. But really how I hear that is that I need him. And, um, you know, I continue to work these steps. I continue not to eat. And even though, um, even though, you know, things get hard and, discouraging you know all the calls that I make I make to because I can't afford to fall back into morbid reflection and I and I want to get out of myself and I want to stay in recovery but you all every single one of you that I call or who call me back thank you thank you thank you and with that I'll pass thank you dear Nancy P all right Julie we have time Julie? Well, hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered in Colorado this morning, and just so moved um, that this is a place that we uh, share a bit of our problems from the point of view of the solution, and where um, the newcomer is welcomed uh, as these paragraphs uh, lay out. Um, For me, uh, I just need a constant sobering reminder um, also of the effect of my disease, which I thought, you know, was just me and my problem um, on my family. Um, it says many a distracted wife has visited this house to find loving and understanding companionship. How long uh, were my husband and kids unable to find loving and understanding companionship when I was looking for loving and understanding companionship in the food and um, so to find um, to know that a place was created um, that this is a family disease um, and uh, and some people knew their problem that we can connect and um, and uh, advise her Um, and uh, I think it's a beautiful thing um, you know, I wouldn't have this recovery uh, without uh, one of our sister programs uh, where people loved me and to just seeing that I existed and that I had a self and that I was um, given loving and understanding companionship. But in that program, all I went on about is, is the problem. And I actually had to do amends uh, to two sponsors uh, there. Um, for just constantly going on and on uh, about uh, my problems. Because once I came to understand the big book and work through these steps, I came to understand how to take a problem instead of taking it and getting it bigger. How to take a problem by working a 10th step, by working a 4th step, and sharing it in a 5th step. Taking a problem in its simplest form, maybe 2 or 3 words or 19, and breaking it down and bringing it to its root and handing it over to the care of a loving higher power and uh, the care 
of a fellow. And uh, so, um, yeah, so there's tremendous hope and uh, there's tremendous opportunity to love our families as well. Thanks for letting me share and I pass. Thanks, Julie E.B. Well, folks, you're all great. Um, I want to thank everyone who shared and the share ID for this wonderful meeting is 12,206. 12206. And now I will ask Rachel W. to close this meeting by reading a vision for you. All right. Thank you, Anita. This is Rachel W. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.